0: Blob Talk Radio Numerology is a system of ancient codes found in our birth information that gives insight to the lessons we each must learn in this lifetime Elizabeth Summers is a medium and esoteric numerologist offering her knowledge of ancient wisdoms to help fellow travelers towards a more enlightened and peaceful path. Join her now for the magical world of numbers. good evening, everyone, and thank you so much for visiting with me in the magical world of numbers. I am your host, Elizabeth Summers. I'm an esoteric numerologist. I use the very ancient language of numbers to pull together for you the puzzles of your life. I use astrology, ancient tarot interpretations, and 5,000 and 2,600-year-old systems of numbers Keeping in mind, numbers have no power. They're a language to me. So every week, I prepare for you all aspects of particular numbers with themes and issues because so many people say, you know, numbers, what can that tell me? Or my real pet peeve when it comes to numbers is Someone's saying, oh, I'm a six, I'm a three, I'm a four. No, you're not. You are a puzzle. You have various aspects of your personality, your lifestyle, your intention, what you're here to do, what you're here to learn. But I know what they're talking about because it's all over the Internet where you add your month, day, and year of birth together, and that gives you a number And I want to make this very clear to all of you who are listening. That final number, when you add your month, day, and year of birth together, is not who you are. It is what you are here to learn in this lifetime. It's like a plot line in a novel that your soul will keep you on every which way but loose throughout this entire lifetime. And interestingly enough you as a soul picked that issue that that number represents as a learning curve for you to improve upon in this lifetime. And also the exciting thing about that is that that number from your month day and your birth called your life path number, your life number, not who you are number can give clear indications as to career choices that your soul is going to guide you to and through in an incarnation. The caveat to that is anyone born with a life path number of a five, which we're not going to talk about tonight, but a five. Those people are going to have more careers and make more changes and live in more locations and sometimes have more relationships than any human experience can handle. And the reason for that number five, going through all of that experientially, is that as a soul, they have jam-packed their incarnation. Why? For accelerated spiritual growth. So all of you who are now adding all your months and your births out there as I'm talking and you wind up with a number five in that formula, you better get your dancing shoes on and be flexible as bamboo because you are in for a NASCAR ride in this lifetime. I hope my listeners, all of you who are listening, had a nice Memorial Day. In the States, we celebrate our military, in who have passed, and those that are still active duty military, we honor them in gratitude. Those of you who are listening to my show in Europe, in Canada, in Australia, it is one of our major holidays, and it introduces spring, and all of us, with the exception of the West Coast, had our wading boots on during Memorial Weekend. But, you know, folks, Elizabeth did not care. I was out there. I was determined that I was doing the grilling. And so there I stood, hoping that no one's taking pictures. With umbrella in hand, flipping pork loin, flipping the hamburgers, flipping, flipping, umbrella in hand. I've been known to be out in snowstorms doing the grilling. Ah, I'm really into holidays. I was very blessed to work and do readings for clients over the Memorial weekend. And fabulously, too, I did a reading for my client in Ireland. And so it was so cute to hear her Irish accent coming through when I'm used to Texans and Brooklyn's and uh, Midwest, Missy Ireland had her reading with me, and she was delightful from Limerick, Ireland. Well, tonight we're going to talk about what is called a compound number. I really, really get excited about this number when push comes to shove because it's about excitement and it's about creativity and it's about all sorts of yummy experiences that I will chat with you on the other side of the break. A compound number is not a double number. looks like it to you, to other people, but it's two numbers. It's not a double number. Double numbers are 33, 22, 66, 77. Same number, same number, repeated twice. That's a double number. A compound number is one of this and one of that. And tonight we're going to talk about the Ace of Wands, which is one of my favorite tarot cards. When I see it in my own personal readings, I get a little excited. But before we get to that excitement, we're gonna pull apart the number 27, which adds to a nine, which in tarot equals the ace of Wands. In our American alphabet, there is no letter that equates to the number 27. Z stops it at 26, which adds to an eight. And so, in a compound number, the first number leads the way. It is, follow me. The two is leading the way. The seven says, okay, I'm pulling up the little red wagon behind you. But together, they add to the number nine. Now, this is like having three kids in a family, all with three different personalities, three different hair colors, three different, you name it, likes and dislikes. These are nowhere near similar to each other than the man in the moon. The number two is about, just by itself, it's about partnerships, it is about intuitiveness, It is a feminine energy. It is sensitive. Every number has a positive and a negative side. Same thing in astrology. Every sign has its good points and its not so good points. So when my clients come to me for a reading and I have the information I need, I always tell them their sun sign, their rising sign, and their moon sign and I tell them to Google those signs and find out the pros and the cons of each one of those three basics in astrology. In numerology, we have five basics. The number two is about setting boundaries. It is about teamwork. It is about partnerships. But in the negative, it is about fear. It is very sensitive to what other people think about it. It has a large fear of failing, of not being good enough. What is this word enough? Who has set those parameters of enough? But the number two has a fear of failing of not really pulling off what needs to be pulled off. The number seven is about choice. Choices, choices, choices. The number seven is also about fear, just like the number two is. It is about a fear of failure also. It has a fear of making choices that may not be the right choices. This can make the number seven and the number two shy, very introspective. These two codes numbers, these two codes are not outgoing folks. They're introspective. They deal with minutiae. Can be picky, picky, picky. They have a perfectionist streak about them, a plain two and a plain seven. Now, when we get into the eleven two, or the 20 which adds to a two or the 16 which adds to a seven or 25, we've got jewelry on a basic black dress that adds different wrinkles. So we're just talking about the basics here. They're afraid to make a choice because they don't want to be embarrassed, these two numbers, these two kids in the number codes, and therefore frequently are afraid to step out. When I want to find out what is the challenge, what is the stumbling block issue, that anyone who has a twenty-seven birthday number which I'll talk about in a moment, which is their personality, their temperament. The fear factor is about change. When I subtract two from seven, I get five. Five says flexibility, change, adventuresomeness, freedom, thinking out of the box progressiveness conquer that and you will be supercharged into the number 27 and the fabulous Ace of wands 27 adds down to the number 9 here we have a totally different personality in the family of numbers where the 2 and the 7 if they're at a party, they'll kick back, they'll walk around the edge of the room, they'll size things up, they have to be talked to. they're not going to go out there and take the make the first step and talk to other people. no they're rather laid back. but you put the two of them together and you get a number nine, which is theatrical humanitarian. Let me get you a drink. Let me walk around and feed hors d'oeuvres. It's the total opposite. It's the total opposite. And the number nine is a double-edged sword. The number nine, on one hand, is about endings, finishing, completions. It is about drama and theatrics. Especially if you are a certain personality, a certain astrological sign that does not like change, number five, that will precipitate endings. For instance, Taurus do not like change. They will dig their heels in. And usually their soul will create emotional and environmental situations that blow up in their lives sometimes take their choice away from them in order to get them to move along, move along, move along. And so now we can find something in our alphabet connected to the number nine. I always think, metaphorically speaking, the number nine of endings, finishing, completions, but therefore new beginnings, it's like cleaning out your clothes closet you open those doors and you're looking at clothes that you haven't worn for years and you say to yourself what is my value system that I'm holding on to that shirt that dress not sentimental not my wedding dress some of some of y'all out there Burn your wedding dress, I'm sure. And so we start cleaning out the closet. Number nine, endings, endings, finishing, completions. And when someone is under a transit, a time-oriented, calendar-oriented issue of a number nine, I tell them you certainly can be house-cleaning fools. This sense of detachment connected to the number nine is glorious. It's like taking off weight. It's like letting go. So, therefore, know that on one hand it's about letting go, but you know that old adage, God closes doors and opens windows. So, as you clean out your closet, you have half of a closet with empty hangers. The rest, you have decided, choices, 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 number seven, to keep. I'm still going to use them. They're still, you know, look good on me, and... In my closet, the first question I always ask is, can I still fit into the darn thing? Letting go opens doors to new beginnings, which is the ace of wands we're going to talk about. But as human entities, we are filled with emotionalism. And those emotions block us many times from our forward movement. The number nine, which is the result of the compound number, is connected to the letter I in a name and the letter R in a name. So many of us, not all of us, with the way we Americans spell our name might have an I in there and might have an R in there. However, not everyone does becomes somewhat unusual. The number nine is about service. Not just to the kids, not just to your husband or wife or mother or father. It is about universal love. It is about humanitarianism. It's about people who are doctors and jump on planes and go to Bangladesh and help people and... Uh, 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 all of that Mother Teresa energy. Number nine. When there's no nine in a name, no I or or R in a name, kind of unusual, but it happens. Then there's no nine. And this can, therefore, indicate a lack of broad-mindedness, intolerance. Very little or no compassion. The number nine is that of a philanthropist. Giving without thought of return. You know, a wise man once said to me, you don't give a gift to someone, a financial gift. He was talking about money. A financial gift to someone and then tell them how to use it. Tell them how to spend it. That's not philanthropy. No nines in a name indicates a nature that is helpful, kind, and capable, but without the feeling of universal forgiveness and giving, which is so indicative of the number nine. Selfless service, humanitarianism. So that tool is not coming in, to this lifetime based on past life experiences. So a lack of nines may really limit a person to the extent of their accomplishment because they're hoarders. They're not givers, they're hoarders. And in my last newsletter I sent out, I wrote about that very thing about love. If you want to be loved, you give it away. Energy works in a circle and you will receive the energy of love back. Maybe not the same way you dished it out, but lo and behold, when you need it, the universe is just. And you will receive just a little love bucket of energy back from the universe. So people who have no nines really should consider studying comparative religions to see how other peoples show and express their compassion and tolerance, and forgiveness. I cannot stress how important forgiveness is. Number nine. When there are too many nines in a name, like too many eyes, there should be only three or four uh, 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 letters in a birth name to be balanced, to be, okay, well, that's the right amount. Now, having said that, if it's missing in your birth name, if you take on a married name, the I and the R can be found there, and that's called an angle of development, and it kind of puts the energy into your vibrational field as a big sister, big brother helper. So no one's going to get maudlin about the fact that they don't have an I or an R in their name. I'm just a mess. I'm going to come back to forgiveness uh, in a moment because it's so crucial. You have to let go of aspects of energies in your life to create space in your life for the new to come in. Sometimes when people hold on to their money, hold on to their money, that is the number nine thing. They don't tithe, or they don't help people who are in financial need. You know, you don't have to be a, a, a millionaire to do it, but it's all about letting the energy of money go to some degree, letting your smile, your kind words to a clerk who's been on her feet all day, thanking her for her good service. Hmm. What if your birthday number is a 27, which adds to a 9? You have a humanitarian aspect to your temperament, to your personality. This birthday number rules like a big umbrella energy between the ages of 30 and 55 for anyone who has this birthday number. And I will tell you that the number nine can be a little toughy. It's that of temporary. People come and go. Situations come and go. People die out of your human existence, including animals. Relationships begin and end. And this is the lesson of the number nine, of letting go and giving up control. Well, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of nines in the name. This, indeed, is someone who will come off as a humanitarian, as a volunteering person. I will help you. I will help you. I will feed you. I'll run the kids back and forth. I'll do this. I'll do that. And you scratch your head and you go, whoa, that person really is so generous and so kind. And so controlling. Because if situations get out of their control by them organizing it and keeping it and volunteering, we go back into the fear factor. The subconscious fear of failure. And the soul doesn't, the personality, not the soul, the personality doesn't want to face that Potential fear of failure. And so, under the guise of being Mother Teresa to everybody and the neighbors and the school and the whomever, whomever, they hold that fear of failure back. People who have the number 27 birthday number, and interestingly enough, today I did two readings for two separate gals who both on the same day scheduled their reading for today, and they both had number 27 birthday numbers. Now, what are the chances? The number 27 temperament, personality, can be very analytical, very introspective, logical, number seven, works well with other people, number two, team player, and considerate of other people's needs. Well, that doesn't sound too bad, does it? Because the number two is a very affectionate, feminine vibe, they're very affectionate, very emotional, can cry on the drop of a hat. But that number nine says they are also forceful and very determined, and their personality leads towards diplom- diplomacy, that's the number two. The number two is very diplomatic. They see both sides of an issue and try to pull it together. However... A lot of twos in a name are also very manipulative for that very reason. They can see this side of the issue and that side of the issue, and they decide what do they want to do that will keep them in charge, and they will manipulate. So be careful about a lot of twos, which we talk about periodically over the course of various shows. Know that... This number 27, which adds to a nine, is content with less frequently within a marriage. Romance often brings loss, disappointment, even separation and divorce. Avoid all forms of speculation. And because that seven is in there, writing... Is in their personality. They should journal. Frequently, they cannot say how they feel, but they can speak and write how they feel. On a more cautious note, 27s need to try to keep their nerves in check, scaredy cats, nerves in check, and recognize that a great many. Of their disappointments are really self inflicted. Why? Because they are perfectionists. So the number seven. Virgos are known for their perfectionism. And to be the, I called on the house cleaners of the zodiac. No, not all Virgos because there's other little temperament issues in there. But Virgos are known for their perfectionism which then influences their health issues and they can become hypochondriacs if you let them with always this ailment, that ailment, that ailment. Now, not every Virgo, I don't want emails, but I am telling you based on my years of experience, there are some qualities that are pervasive. What if someone is in a personal year of a nine and a 27 nine? When I see this in a chart, I get really excited because the 27-9 is the ace of wands. Now, I don't play cards. So to some of you who do play cards, if I sound stupid in my analogies here, forgive me. Oh, I kind of remember when I was a young kid, I used to play canasta, and I don't even know if that's still around. It could be part of the Stone Age. I think my older folks, my older listeners will remember canasta, if we will.
1: That's about it.
0: But I do know ACEs can get some people very excited when they have them in their hands, when they're playing some kind of card game. That's about as much as I know. A nine is a nine is a nine. We go a nine-year cycles from birth to death out of this incarnation. So a nine typically means the ending of a nine-year cycle that has its ups and downs, its issues, its themes, and whatever. But we call we have what is called octaves in esoteric numerology. They're like wrongs of a ladder. So nine, then there's 18-nine, which is a little toughy, a little toughy most of the time. 27-nine is the ace of wands. And when I see it in a person's chart, I get a little happy for them. So the Ace of Wands brings birth and marriage, start of a new business. I always equate it to spring, to the season of spring, right where we are now. Because it's about seeds that were planted are starting to sprout in a person's life, metaphor, metaphorically. It's very fertile, and it brings promise of some sort of new life into my client's life when they're under a 27-9. Relationships can bloom just like the flowers in spring. There can be a deeper understanding as those roots go down into the dirt and anchor in better. Therefore, the 27-9 is one of the codes That shows a possibility for marriage, possibility for close partnerships in some fashion. Now, I will tell you that that number nine that's out there is frequently drawing into the person's life old relationships from past incarnations. Yes, sometimes boyfriends, girlfriends reappear. Aggression is always used under a 27-9. you think it through. So the 27-9 Ace of Wands is a vibration that really brings together all the ingredients for a very successful promotion. You see how good this is? Yes, it has its little foibles and it has its little itchies here and there. It has about completions but it has about new beginnings. It's as though winter Seasonally, Mother Nature loves the Ace of Wands. Winter ended, all of the sprouting and the seeds and everything went dormant, and now the 27-9 is spring, which says all those ingredients that were taking a nap over the winter months are now going to bring forth the fruit. Other people are very willing to help under a 27-9 personal year. And the person who has this vibration, really, it's chins up, shoulders back. They know something new is beginning. And that attitude of spring is very infectious in their lives. The 27-9 ace of wands can be the beginning of some person's chin. Financial fortune. It depends on what else is in the chart that I am translating for them. Very exciting. The Ace of Wands is about the creative force. In tarot cards, there are four categories. There's actually five, but four human experience categories that are more mundane. And wands is one of them. And wands represent creativity and excitement and adventure and courage and your own personal power. Hello. It brings in a creative force in a better way. It expands your potential. It brings in greater possibilities. It helps you to express yourself. It stimulates your imagination. It brings you solutions. Now, how sweet is this? To quote the master Jackie Gleason, how sweet it is. The 27 9 gives you confidence. It helps you believe in yourself. It brings you a feeling assured of your abilities. Uh huh, uh huh. So chins up, shoulders back. Uh huh. It brings you a sense of sure success. It touches on your own good self esteem and you just somehow some way don't know right away maybe but you know things are going to work out because you have courage because you have confidence this is why i like and get excited about the ace of wands when i see it in my client's current year reading and if they're in a personal year it covers them the whole year for 12 months. Sometimes it shows up just on a monthly transit. Will we get excited for a month, then it leads to other things. The flowers continue to bloom. The ideas begin to blossom. And the increase in our creativity continues to grow. We're going to take a break here. I'm going to chat with you about my visit to Prescott, Arizona coming up in June. And we will be back together chatting about, hmm, I think, a little bit more on forgiveness. My dear friends, this is Elizabeth Summers, Esoteric Numerologer, asking you to mark your calendars for June 26th to June 28th, because I am going to be coming to Prescott, Arizona. I am bringing with me three fabulous workshops that I am sharing with you, and the first one will be on Saturday, June 27th, where I am sharing with you the formulas That are 2,600 years old that will give you real clear explanations as to this human lifetime that you have put together. Now I want you to keep in mind that no math skills are required. On Sunday June 28th I go deeper into an advanced workshop where I share with you a 5,000 year old code system and very special channeled formulas from Ascended Masters themselves to help you understand which ages in this lifetime are most important for you. This is an extremely power-packed two-day event dealing with esoteric numerology, bringing in tarot, bringing in astrology, and teaching you these formulas that I use in my personal readings for my clients. Speaking of that, on Friday, before we really do all the workshops, all day long, Friday, June 26th, I will be doing personal, in-person, 30-minute readings, just as I do for my clients when I am talking with them on the phone. All day long, private readings. And then in the evening, I share with you a workshop Based on my very special favorite I Ching practice that I have used since 1988. It is dynamic, it is universal, and it has changed my life. Join me. Go to my website, elizabethsummers.com, Click on the upcoming events page and all the information to register is right there for you. Join me in Prescott, Arizona, June 26th, 27th, and 28th. I am just so thrilled to be visiting Arizona. I will be teaching my workshops in other cities across the United States. And if you would like me to come to your city, be in touch. And maybe we can put together these workshops to help folks in your area, too. Well, the number 27 I have parsed for you. It is a compound number, yes. But it adds down to the primary number of nine. I've told you that the number nine is about endings, finishing, and completions. I've told you that it's about letting go, it is about compassion, it is about forgiveness, it is about surrender to a higher power, and people, a lot of people, have great difficulty with forgiving. Very simply, forgiveness is a free will choice. You either choose it or you don't. Case closed. Twice it, twice it, twice it. Sometimes we have relationships that break up, jobs that end, people that we feel did ser- disservice to us, which that happens a lot around the number 18, which adds to a nine. But we carry all these emotions with us. It's almost as though... We are stroking our own victimization. We're stroking ourselves sometimes because nobody else will. Nobody else has given us compassion, but maybe you haven't given it to them either when they needed it. And so a lot of times the lack of forgiveness goes back to that control issue. They didn't do what I wanted them to do. They didn't live up to what I wanted them to live up to, according to my value systems, according to what I want. I, 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 ego, ego, ego. Everyone is in your life by sole contract that was prearranged before you were even born. And people come and go, come and go, behave certain ways, and you ask yourself, what did I learn from that situation? What did they not fulfill that you needed? And why did you depend upon them to provide for you what you needed? Why didn't you provide it for yourself? Your own compassion, your own fun, your own forgiveness, your own money, your own, your own, your own. huh? That's the number eight, missing a lot of people charts that I do especially women they give their power away to other people to be liked to be provided for and they wind up losing and then they get angry because it didn't turn out the way that they wanted it to turn out well were they manipulating someone else and not taking their own power there are a couple phrases that you might want to think about. I'm feeling mopey-dopey. I'm feeling angry. I'm feeling whatever you're feeling because you did not live up to my expectations. Or, I would rather you have done this, but no, you didn't do that. You did that. They have a free will, too. Another thought. Well, clearly, My expectation was not realistic, or you would have done it. You can see, we've got a little flailing arrogance going on here. So now, to counterbalance that, you can say to yourself, you know, I choose, number seven of the 27, I choose to release my expectation. I no longer... I'm expecting you to have or done what I wanted. You did what you wanted. You will take the consequences of your choices and I will take the consequences of my choices too. I release my anger. I release my resentment. I, release, I choose to release my bad feelings about myself and you too because I expected something that just didn't happen and I allow both of us to be the way that we are. I mean, the wisdom of my sister years ago talking about my mother who wasn't doing what we wanted her to do simply said, "Well, Elizabeth, a goose is a goose." And I have found that phrase just let's go of all the tension. Let's go of expectations of other people. They're a goose, I'm a swan. Someone else is a duck. Someone else is an elephant. And are entitled to be. A goose is a goose. I allow both of us. These are things you say to yourself. I allow both of us to be the way we are. And feel compassion for our expressing ourselves to meet the needs of other people. Regardless of their situation. Who's in charge here? We're not controlling things. I think the situation again in the future, I'll think about it. And I'm going to release all my unrealistic expectations about your behavior. And I'm going to release my expectations that I be perfect in my ability to forgive. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross was renowned for her work with death and die, the the death and dying experience. She's now passed on, into dis but her works are classic in dealing with hospice care, coming to an understanding of the last moments in a person's life. And she said one of the really difficult situations in a person who was dying is that they would not let go of the anger and the resentment that they held towards other people, their kids, their husbands. He didn't do what I wanted him to do. He was a schmuck. She was a this. He was a... And she said it prolonged their agony, prolonged their physical agony in the dying experience. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross had an a newsletter called the Aquarian News out of South Africa. And I got a hold of one of her articles that I absolutely love. And as I wrap our program up here this evening, I want to share with you her article called The Importance of Forgiveness. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross writes, In order to forgive, We need to do our best to stop identifying ourselves with the suffering that was caused. When someone has hurt us, consciously or unconsciously, one of the most difficult things we have to face in resolving this situation is the act of forgiveness. Sometimes it feels like it's easier not to forgive and that the answer is to simply cut that person out of our lives in question and let them go. In some cases, ending the relationship may be the right thing to do. But even in that case, we will only be free if we have truly forgiven. If we harbor bitterness in our hearts against anyone, we only hurt ourselves because we are the ones and only the ones that are harboring the bitterness. Choosing to forgive, she goes on, is choosing to alleviate ourselves of that burden, number seven. Choosing to be free of the past, number five. And choosing not to perceive ourselves as victims, number two. One of the reasons that forgiveness can be so challenging is that we feel that we are condoning the actions of the person who caused our suffering, but this is a misunderstanding of what is required. In order to forgive, we simply need to get to a place where we are ready to stop identifying ourselves With the suffering that caused us to suffer. Forgiveness is something we do for ourselves. And our forgiveness of others is an extension of our readiness to let go of our pain. Getting to this point begins with fully accepting what's happened. And through this acceptance, we allow ourselves to feel and process our own emotions. It can be helpful to say how you feel, to articulate how you feel. And a lot of souls, this is Elizabeth talking, a lot of souls who have fours and eights in their charts, they cannot verbalize their feelings and so I tell them to write, get out a journal, and write and don't punctuate and jump up and down and swear and curse and say how you feel, and let it out it's in a book, or look at a person's picture and tell them exactly how you feel and there's that and the other thing because if you do not let that energy out of the physical body, it has to go somewhere it will go internally, and it will go particularly to the joints, arthritis is anger. Kidneys is anger. Liver is anger. And heart attacks is stuffed emotion. Back to Elizabeth kubler Ross's article. In writing, over a period of days or weeks, we let go of the feelings and the emotions and they dissipate. As we allow ourselves to say what we need to say and ask for the need to heal over the course of time we will see that these changes occur one day at a time now it may be confusing but it is a sign of progress and at times we may feel as if we're just slogging along uphill through dense mud thick trees getting nowhere two steps forward one step back but if we keep going however we will reach a summit and see clearly that we are finally free of the past. That is your challenge in the number 27. Two from seven is five. And number five is about freedom. From this top of the pinnacle, where we are free from the past, we recognize that suffering comes from suffering and compassion for those who have heard us, naturally arises and enhances our new perspective of their lives, of their role in our lives, and our role in theirs. That is the wisdom of the wonderful Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. I would love for you to go to my websites. I have two, Magical World of Numbers and the ElizabethSummers.com. The information is on both of them. Some people, you know, um, choose to go to one or the other. I write a column called The Magical World of Numbers in many print and Internet magazines across the nation. Of course, I have my own radio show. I teach the workshops, one being in Arizona coming up here. And if you're anywhere in the area, and maybe you don't live in that area, but you have friends that do. Phoenix, Sedona, all the states that are around there, have car wheel travel. Everything is being taught at the La Quinta Conference Center in Prescott. And only 30 Openings are available. The room only holds thirty people. It will be first come first serve. I would love to visit with you. I promise you it will be a life changing weekend. Go to my website on the home page, usually on the right hand side or in the body of the article on the home page, and sign up for my newsletter. I'm constantly sending out information notices, what have you. I would like to keep in touch with you. I'm simply an email away. This morning I sent out an announcement that my final bookings, my final scheduling for readings for the month of June is June 18th. After that, I am traveling and teaching workshops, not just in Prescott. So if you would like to have a reading with me, and I am a medium, I love medium work, visiting with loved ones in spirit. Or if you have a question or two that you don't really need a big numerology reading and certainly we're not going to ask mom and dad who are in the spirit world to come in and give us our answers. We're big girls and boys. But I do psychic intuitive work where you can have a half an hour. We'll call in the channels, ask one or two questions. I record all my work the information just flies out of my mouth and no one can write fast enough. So you always get a recording. Sign up for my newsletter. Contact me to schedule a reading. They're all in the toolbar, various kinds of reading. I'm an email away. And be sure you visit my store. Some folks like to do their own numbers. There's a fabulous workbook there. Be good to yourselves. You know, we all flub-a-dub here, there, and everywhere. We all look back at our younger years and scratch our heads, first of all, and say, who was that masked person? But secondly, how could we have done that? Ah, But we survived, and here we are. And we forgive ourselves, and we put a smile on our face, and we close our eyes at night in deepest gratitude for the day, And we open our eyes the next morning in deepest gratitude for the wonderful day ahead. Every day is a wonderful day. Every day is a day filled with wonder. Look for the wonder. Don't hang on to the past. Don't hang on to the suffering. You're the only one that is suffering. I found some delightful well, I don't think delightful is the right word, thought-provoking quotations about forgiveness that I want to leave you with this evening. Roberto Asagio says, Without forgiveness, life is governed by an endless cycle of resentment and retaliation. Dan Zadra says resentment is one burden that is incompatible with your success, the ace of wands, the new beginnings. Always be the first to forgive and forgive yourself first, always. William Walton says to carry a grudge is like being stung to death by one bee. I love that. Mental picture. And finally, the famous Oscar Wilde said, always forgive your enemies. (laughs) Nothing annoys them so much as your forgiveness of them. What he means is they lose power over you. They lose emotional power over you, thought power over you. They have lost power over you, and you did not give your power away to them. Isn't that just exciting? You become empowered by letting go of the past, by forgiving. Life goes on. Get a philosophical attitude. Today's a new day. It was a bummer, but tomorrow'll be better because tomorrow is a day full of wonder. And so until until next time. Know that I send you God's white light and His peace and His harmony. Know that I wish you all good things. And thank you so much for visiting with me one more time in the magical world of numbers. Mm-hmm.